Hey, peeps. Sir Bradley here. We here at Deadpan Studio are presenting a show called BSF. And we would like to take the time to inform our audience that you will most definitely hear vulgarities such as Jack and horror, and possibly some stories of anal leakage. So please enjoy the show. Everybody and welcome to episode five, five, five of the BSF uh, you podcast. You forgot two fives. I didn't want to say it five times because that's a fact. <laughs> All right, whatever. Okay. Welcome to BSF, where the F stands for facts and, and the BS stands for well, you'll figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> I'm about to talk <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Today we've got a two-part episode, not as in two episodes, but we've got two segments. The first one is we are going to be interviewing one of my favorite people in the world, Mr. Jordan Schmidt, who also happens to be my eldest nephew. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> I am, of course, one of your hosts, The Matt. Sir Bradley. And I'm Kat. And Jordan, if you'd like to introduce yourself, go right ahead. Hello, my name is Jordan Schmidt. Awesome. Now, <laughs> so like very I, far behind. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like I mentioned, uh, this is going to be a two-part episode. The first part is going to be an interview with him and the things that he does in his life because I do find both aspects very interesting, and I'm not just being biased. I honestly do fe- uh, find that to be interesting. And I forgot to turn my phone off. Yeah, good job, yeah. Matthew. Oh and I just God. reminded Brad, Brad that he needed to do his too. So <laughs> actually, okay, I'm Brad, turn your phone off. Mom was already on. Hey, at least, I, at least I am recording, so. <laughs> I'm already starting to notice where the BS is. <laughs> Don't worry. It I didn't c- take you long, did it? He's a quick learner. <laughs> Don't worry. I got my Fs. Yeah. Both kinds. And uh, the second part of the show in which uh, uh, Jordan will be uh, joining us in is a discussion about sibling rivalries, and we'll get into that here you shortly. You totally can't tell from the title of this episode, but you know. Right. Well, you know, the name of the episode could actually change before we yeah. release it. Who knows? It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. But why? Today's going to be the day. Yeah. I think. Turn it back <laughs> to you. <laughs> All right. And of course, as always, um, if you would like to reach us, we have different ways in which you can do that. You can reach us at our emails, uh, deadpanbsf at gmail.com. Also, deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com. As well as our website, deadpan-studio.com. Really? Really? You couldn't do the fucking reach-around joke? No, that was last week. No. You, you can't do it all the time. Then, it, then you get used to it, and, and it's not it's as not enjoyable. it's not a novelty anymore. <laughs> um, you I can also... Novelties. <laughs> putting his nose in it. I put my nose in it That's every right. time. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, different ways in which you can listen to us. We have iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, as well as our main server, deadpanstudio.podbean.com. If you go to any one of those 
as well as the website. You can download the episodes, you can stream them, and if you actually go to our website, you can learn a little bit about us as well as send us emails. Isn't that exciting? Mm. That's so exciting. I can't mm. hardly... I'm really wet right now. <laughs> we also we also have Twitters <laughs> and Facebooks. We have Deadpan Studio 18 for Facebook and Twitter. Woohoo! <laughs> it's always a mouthful every single week. But I'm getting better at it. What happened to our... Dot com. Oh, I don't know. That went out with AOL, I guess. <laughs> hey, wow. Well, that's a doing callback. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> dot com. Dot com. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So. Please excuse the paper rustling. I'm having to turn my. Oh, there's going to be paper. Oh, there's going to be a. <laughs> paper turning. Fuck. Oh. Goddamn. He had a thought. I have no Goddamn idea where you fucking were... fart. And it's fucking gone. Fucking brain fart. Yeah. Yes, well, check this exactly. out, audience. We I all... could see the. I could see it leaving. The thought bubble <laughs> left me. I was there and it popped. <laughs> check this out, audience. We actually did a bunch of research for a our topics. A fuck ton. Yeah. A fuck ton. Yeah. So. My hand fucking hurts from writing. That's not what it hurts from. You know better. I will. <laughs> audience doesn't need to know, Matthew. Oh, they need to know everything. Uh, <laughs> no, no, they don't. Okay, so. Well, if Kat wants to know, sure. I'll, no. I can I've go never into detail. Inter- never, no, that's not. never been interested. I'll put our first sensor in. <laughs> <laughs> you mean just shut it down? <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Um, Jordan, if you will allow, um, I do have some questions about two different aspects of your life. Yeah, fire away. I'm an open book. So Don't machine gun it now. No, I won't. (laughs) Jordan is a musician as well as a photographer. And you are based out of where, Jordan? Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Chicago. (laughs) Cubs are awesome, man. Uh, Tell you what. Let's see here. I'll not talk about baseball on this podcast. (laughs) Good. Oh, no. I don't care. All right, Jordan, um, I Jump do have on. some questions. Uh, the first one, uh, between music and photography, which one would you say is your passion? Oh, that's a tough question. Dude, I've been doing them close. both for so long. They just kind of like intertwine with each other. Uh, I mean, from like a professional aspect, uh, photography all the way. I, I get to work with people constantly. It's, you know, you get working and learning about someone as you do it is a great thing about photography. But also music, there's just, I don't know, there's something when you play in front of somebody, there's a high you just never get from anything else. I get that. And you just live off of that. It's something that uh, Alan has talked about on a numerous occasions. Yeah, that I, I get that high. too, as uh, being yeah. on stage when the audience reacts to you. Oh, the, the high you get, you just, that just makes you want, we always say backstage, when the audience is a good audience, when they interact with you, they actually make noise, good or bad, it gives you energy. And it feels so good. Um, <laughs> it really does. It's hard to read their like enjoyment that. if they just sit there. Yeah. There's like the fucking cocaine. <laughs> Coquina. <laughs> okay. um, I don't know. Just sometimes the act of playing is just great, too. It's just, you know, you're showing something to the world that the world may not ever see. So you just kind of live off of that, too. Yeah. Uh, what originally got you interested, interested in photography? Oh, man. I... I had a camera when I was younger, and I mean, it's, I don't know, you could say it's kind of like a legacy, because came to find out later on that, you know, 
like my dad did that too um my mom pushed me on that as well but it was just, i don't know it was something that just kind of clicked one time it's like this is what i want to do this is what i like that's a good pun yeah photography and it just clicked yeah <laughs> oh it's gonna happen more and more i apologize good. ahead of time yeah i think we're gonna end up getting a good clear oh, yeah. picture of who he is oh yeah <laughs> We're, oh my rim shot my my oh. that's because you always let it go dark. My brain likes wah. to stay in the dark place. Um, do you remember your first paid photography job? Oh God, it was a headshot shoot actually. Really? Yeah, it was a theater headshot uh, shoot, and I mean I was nervous as hell. I used to do it like preferring to build up like a portfolio, right. but it was just like the first time when it's like on the line. Like you have to make sure they're paying you. <laughs> and, I mean, they take a special thing. You just have to sit down. You have to talk with them. You have to learn about them. It's not like just you click a photo of them. You're learning who they are so you can bring that out any photograph. And that can be terrifying at times. That seems more, more you know, than that, being an that extra. person is. It does. It seems more enjoyable than being an extra in a film or TV. Because, <laughs> I mean, you sort of get to do the same thing, but you don't really get to know, you know, who you're working with that well. Um, you're just getting a tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you feel like that's a bad thing, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, the tip's better than nothing. I'll, uh, yeah. The tip's better than nothing. Um, <laughs> so... I, of course, uh, I know that you were hired onto the George Street Photo and Video. Uh, tell us a little bit about the company and what you currently do with it. Uh, well, currently right now, I am a wedding photography coordinator, so I work with Brian trying to figure out their just their whole day because, like, it's just, it could be a mess. It can be chaos, especially when it comes to wedding photography, and they're working between different types of people and i'm just guiding them along the way reassuring making sure that they're okay through all of that and they can be a complete wreck at times but i feel like i can really help out at times it's a really nice feeling yeah i'm sure that's better than uh where we were uh where you used to live in kentucky when you could literally go to a shotgun wedding. <laughs> I mean, that's very true. And since I used to be a wedding photographer for quite a while, it's it's a different departure, but it's a nice view on the inside of what really it takes for them to do that rather than, hey, I'm showing up to shoot this. Hey, I have this whole shot list. I've worked with you for like maybe two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your favorite type of composition to photograph? Uh... I tend to like either there's a like stuff going on in the foreground the, uh, and the background so it kind of tells a story so if, if I can compose a photograph that is telling a story and has a bit of a theme to it that is the best thing for me either that or a very minimalistic with a ton of negative space but that's just like I don't know that's more the art photographer person in me rather than just like hey this is a great photo it's like look at how it connects yeah that uh, sounds really cool what is your fondest uh, memory from photography thus far <laughs> fondest memory <laughs> uh it was actually when i was working on a photo story because i uh, i went to school for photojournalism i interned at you know newspapers and i 
don't know. It was, I think it was my first news story I was doing and covering, and it was about just how wives handle when their husbands deploy, like military wise. Yeah. And just covering that, seeing how they handle it, how like the back and forth, how it could be straining on the relationship, mm-hmm. and just how they handle life in general without it. And it's just like it's a very, it was very moving, just to see. And there's me just being a fly on, you know, on the wall, just seeing how it goes and, you know, not being able to do something, but watching the strain on what it does. It just really does something to you. Yeah, that reminds me of, uh, you know, looking at those old uh, photo books. And I say photo book, I mean, literally photo books of those old wartime photographers uh, where they would cat. You know, they started that in what... uh, what Vietnam, I believe, and you just gets that was the first time that any sort of media got a first-hand look at that type of thing, and just the horror of it that was caught, and also some of the inspirational aspects of it too. I mean, that's very true. There's, I mean, it's how like a lot of them really like formed too because really think about it a lot of those war photographers they came out of like world war ii and vietnam oh, I was wrong. and yeah. like it goes back like the whole thing is a huge i mean there was during the whole depression period where there's just like showing how depression hits while war is going on right and you had like nick Oot during vietnam which is very famous for like the girl that's on fire and you know and that's from the napalm flames and just i don't know photographs can really change how you view things mm-hmm. it can change how a war is viewed that one in particular is how vietnam was viewed after that uh, switching gears real quick uh what sort of what type of equipment do you use okay well if we're talking about like uh photography or are we talking about Music-wise, because those can be very different. Yeah, yeah. it's going to go right over my head. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a whole other page for uh, for music. So uh, we're doing. Uh, what about photography? Okay, photography. If we're talking actual digital, then it's like my Canon 60D, and that's with all kinds of lenses coming along with it, like a 35 millimeter wide. We're talking about like a um, my macro when it comes to something like. Uh, product photography depends on what I'm doing is what I'm using, mm-hmm. but I try to be a little bit versatile on it. Yeah. But I tend to stick with my 60D to do most of that. I do love a lot of my film cameras. Right. Well, there's there's. I remember when I took photography back in high school. Now that was ages ago. I'm an old man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember doing film photography for the first time and going into a uh, you know. Uh, a room, uh, a black. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. What do, what do you call those? Dark room. Dark, Dark room. room. Yes, kept wanting to say black room. Uh, <laughs> <That> sounds racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so does dark room. But, <laughs> um, it's dark room. Yeah. So going into a dark room and just seeing what you, the picture you took and physically having it come out on that from film, it's just there's nothing like it. I guess, you know it. You know the modern photographers today. A lot of them still do film because it's such a great medium. I mean that is very true. Well, also with film, 
you have to take your time with it. That's kind of the big thing about it, because you can't snap off a thousand photos. You're not checking it every five seconds. Right. You have to take your time, compose the shot, and honestly, in my opinion, is the better way of going about it. If I recommend most people, if they really want to learn photography, do film first. You'll learn the greatest aspects of it then you move on to digital and then you get even better yeah because see to me that that shows the perfect example of quality over quantity i 100 percent agree on that so where can we go to see samples of your work uh well there's a couple places actually there's my website jortography.com which uh <laughs> j-o-r-t-o-g-r-a-p-h-y Dot com. Uh, I like puns. That's who I am. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> and then you can find me on Instagram under the same name and also the same name on 500px, which is a very big photography site as well. So if you're wanting to check me out, those are like three great ways to do about it. I'm always posting stuff on Twitter as well. Now, you and I remember you took photographs. You were there when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. Yes, reason. actually. That is actually a project that I have on my site. That is um, it's a particular one that I was working on. And so if anyone wants to check it out, it's still on there. Uh, it's being formed into a book for that eventually. Very cool. But I'm just nice. waiting to see how people, like, how much of a reaction they want out of that. I've seen a lot of those photos. In the, uh, I've checked that out. I'm, I'm, it's I'm really a huge cool. baseball fan. So. It's really cool. Uh, all right, so... If you don't mind, uh, we're going to transition into music, and I'll actually use a little bit of use the transition button for that. Woo! Woo here we go. And I thought it was fitting because that was music. <laughs> All right, so we're professionals here. Yeah. So Bradley <laughs> mentioned this right before we hit record, um, but it's actually the, good at that. the first question is, what do you consider your genre of music? I am more of a singer-songwriter genre. I know that's a very all-encompassing, but when it comes to the different songs I write, it depends which one I'm writing. Some of them are very bluesy. Some of them are very, some of them have little pop aspects to it. Some of them are a little bit more alt to it, but they all still form into more of a singer-songwriter kind of feel to it. Um, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> some of it's even slightly folksy when I'm feeling it. Now, Sir Bradley's a little excited about this because, you know, he's a musician. He used to play in oh, a band. I think that we'll use that term very loosely. Well, I, you're more of a musician <laughs> than I am. So, and, I, could, I play rhythm guitar. So, <laughs> some of the greats are rhythm guitar players. I mean, this Paul is true. Stanley. I know you hate that. I know you do. <laughs> oh. Fucking prick! <laughs> wow, uh, tell us how you really feel here. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, um, no. <laughs> uh, now, now, right now, you're not in a band or anything, right? No, I'm actually doing solo stuff right now. But I was part of quite a few bands, and like, I don't want to say in my days because I'm not that old. But back in those well, days, me, I was in quite I'm a few of them. Much, I'm older, so. <laughs> well, you know, nephew. You know, he's only four years younger than me, right? <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know That's that. Now figure that out. Yeah. Uh, your older sister was grown by the time you were like. Yeah. Kid. My younger sister is uh, 
younger than he is. So, <laughs> yeah. um, do you prefer playing in a solo as a solo uh, act, or do you prefer playing in a group? You know, that's more of a complicated question than you would think. Because that's why I ask him, <laughs> we ask the tough questions here. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, because as a solo artist, you get to work with a lot of the things you've always wanted to experiment with. You get to play with melodies that you've always wanted to try. You're forming songs. But on the other hand, it is so much harder sometimes on your own rather than when you work with other people because they're adding in little bits. You're, it's more of a collaboration that you're working on. Right. And you're also not having to focus on those aspects. Like, I'm not having to focus on the drumming at that point. I'm not having to focus on putting the bass parts into it or anything like that. Or sometimes I'm not even having to focus on the vocals. I could just play guitar and just focus on that, and that is great. But there's also the personality conflicts that come with being in a band, and sometimes you don't get along, as we learn in like bands like Oasis, where they literally right now hate each other to death. How how familiar uh, is he with what's going to be talked about later? Nothing. No, well, I mean, he did his own research for oh. the, for the general. Idea, okay. So he could participate okay. in this, but I was going to say that you sound. I've not told him about any of our actual focuses sound, for it. So you sound a whole lot like uh, someone that I was researching in, in, <laughs> in what you were talking about. So we'll we'll leave that. Some some of our listeners probably know they've maybe seen a post or two from me, but yeah, some people know what I'm going to talk about. Some people yeah. don't, and uh, yeah. Well, well I can definitely say I don't. So I'm kind of looking forward to it, but you know, if it is what I think you're talking about, it's very well known, and I think we all have some opinions on it. And it's a little <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, so, how long have you been playing uh, music? I have been playing music since I was 15, so that is 17 years, Ooh. almost 18 now. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Now, uh, of course, you know, a lot of these questions I already know the answers to. So, yeah, bear with me if it seems like I'm, you know, to you, Jordan, if it seems like, well, duh. Oh, no, we're talking to a world <laughs> here. They don't know this. This is great to be able to share. Now, were you self-taught or did you take lessons or was it a combination of both? It's a little bit of a combination of both. I started out with lessons and that didn't go well. Not because, like, they didn't teach well. I just didn't get along with that aspect. We also couldn't show up to lessons constantly. It taught me the basics, but it didn't teach me to, like, love music or guitar. Right. It taught me how to play. Uh, what is your favorite instru- instrument to play specifically? Uh, uh, now, I, if, if it's, like, guitar, which type of guitar? Oh, like, let me think. Uh, because I actually play quite a few instruments. Right. I play, like, piano, I play guitar, I play bass violin at one point but that's long and dead now <laughs> but like it, i do like playing guitar a lot i love piano but i never get around to being to be around that and a keyboard is just not the same at times mm-hmm. but i do enjoy playing guitar i have like when i'm playing like something a little bit more electric i love playing my ibanez it gets that deep kind of growl to it when mm-hmm. i need it that's, and, that's a good rock slash metal guitar right there it's lovely and i used to play in metal bands and uh alt rock bands so it's a little bit of departure from what i'm doing now uh i love to have a taylor acoustic and then a rickenbacker oh taylor's have such a great oh god the melody on those things i would like to have one of uh because of course i don't play but i do hey taylor send me a (laughs) 
That makes yeah, I would here. love to have an Ibanez that uh, is specifically uh, Nita Strauss's brand. Oh, those nice little round backs. Yeah. Ooh, very pe- peculiar guitar. They I are, like them, but they have such a full sound. It's very warm too. Yes. I mean, you can tell me I'm wrong, but yeah, no, that's how we'd like them. We'd like them warm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you like writing and playing privately, or do you prefer playing live? You know what? I actually really do enjoy playing live. I'm actually playing live Saturday, so I'll be doing that in front of people, and that that's going to be great. I love learning and playing different songs like I'm experimenting with or wanting to like try to write by myself. I prefer that mm. while I'm you know, figuring out the kinks, but if it's playing, definitely live. <laughs> and now, of course, you said Saturday uh, tonight is Thursday. So when this episode releases on Monday, you'll you audience members are losers and had to miss the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say, that's just yeah. how it happens. That's just how it happens. But but if they keep track on, I post when I'm going to play way ahead of time. So you know, as we follow along, how to catch up on me on that, I do post ahead for. For people to find me. What is your writing process like? You know, it's changed over the years. It used to be I would write the lyrics out and kind of form music around it. Mm-hmm. But as I play and as I learn, the more it just becomes, I find a chord that I really like using. <laughs> and then I start forming something right around it. I'll then get an idea of like a something I'm trying to talk about or something that I'm just trying to figure out with myself. Which sounds very stereotypical, but like a lot of the processes are the same. My favorite is me staring at a window for a little bit and figuring out what I want to do and not do anything else. And then all of a sudden it just pops in like, oh, hey, that's a great idea. Brad does the same thing, but he's yes, actually actively staring into a window. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Oh, uh, his feelings are hurt. <laughs> oh, no. Feelings? What the fuck are those? <laughs> yes, then. All right, so the next two questions, uh, they sound similar, but they're different. First one is, what is your favorite song that you that you yourself have written so far? Oh, um, hmm. Uh, actually, would be a song called Endless. Um, it's up right now. It's still needs to go through some mixing and everything else but it's a song i actually kind of wrote for my wife it's Aww. it's and she's a cool hey what, love you laura trust me like you'll it does not sound like it at all you'll be like wait what oh no and then as the, like the chorus finally hits like it's like a, a great payoff on it and it's how i feel all right. The second question is, what is your favorite song to play? And that's any of it. Oh, not just, not just what you wrote, but any of them. Oh man, that's probably going to be the song "Ain't No Sunshine." Ah, nice. I have that on my phone. Uh, on my phone, buddy guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna. There's a lot of different versions of it, but it's a great song. Yeah, my, my favorite so far is the Buddy Guy version. I just, I love it. I mean, I fall more along with the Bill Withers version just because you feel some, too, yeah. feel some of that, like, more torn emotion as yeah. you can hear, like, how it feels. It's just where but someone Buddy just Guy has gone. more soul, but Bill Withers, you just, I don't know, you get more of that angst. 
I think you know what mine is. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, where can people find your music? I can be found on a couple places. Right now, I can be found on SoundCloud, which will be under uh, be under the same name that you can find my photography, which is soundcloud.com slash dortography. My actual stick was the name underneath everything. You can also find me at Bandcamp, like if you're wanting to get a few downloads to take for yourself for free, because I have two songs up there right now for free if you want to download them. And that'll also be under bandcamp.com slash dortography1. This Jesus one time Christ, at Bandcamp. Band <laughs> That's where the name out. came from. This <laughs> one time Christ, at Bandcamp. Band <laughs> All right, so <laughs> you uh, you have agreed to play a song for us. Now, which song are you going to be playing today? Uh, actually, this is a song that's not been released out on... It's Chicago. you got to oh. hear the sirens. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> I, I can't even help it. It's one of those things like, oh, well, you know, Chicago. It doesn't happen as often as you would think. Do you hear more of an ambulance more often? That just means our, our podcast is not. becoming cultured. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> so cultured. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's, so we're lucky enough to, to hear this before anybody yeah. else. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's been played live a couple times, but okay. it's not actually been recorded. So this could be the first time it's been like Ooh. full on recorded. Sweet. We're a fucking recording studio, baby. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, if you want to prepare yourself, I'm going to turn our mics off, but I'm going to uh, hit our transition music just so you can be ready. So take your time. I, I can always uh, cut out the uh, the silence uh, in post. So, all right, I'm going to turn our mics off and you get started whenever you're ready. All right, sounds great. I'm going to probably... Um play a little snippet of it so you guys can get a little bit of a taste so when it does get released go check it out alright this song is called Falls Apart from the old goals that live inside your eyes so close your eyes and come and lay by my side cause I can see from the daylight this way wasn't the love only decisions that we made so go ahead and close your eyes 
by my side Cause I can see from the daylight I'm almost out of time In your ways Oh God, it weighs So damn heavy of me and I know that some things they just fall apart and the water's rushing in and I can't say this sinking shame And all I can do Is watch you It's so slip away That sounded great. Yeah, it's people like you that I fucking hate, man. <laughs> Got me all wet. <clears throat> this is like still too early. Singing straight like. to my heart. <laughs> Look, he just he already, he skipped dinner. Now he's just going into the serenade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, check out his SoundCloud page. Please check out anywhere that you can hear him. Go see him live. Drop D. Yeah. Uh, no, not at all. Actually, really? that is a half step down. Oh, not a full step. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I tend to play a lot of my stuff on that. I do have a song that is in Drop D that's uh, Fire Meets Ice, if anyone wants to hear that. It's a very kind of it's melodic, but very bassy. It's rather nice. I like it. Very cool. And you're playing on your Elvis guitar, aren't you? I am playing on an Epiphone EJ200. Oh, you were wow. wrong. Yeah, you were wrong. wrong. 
Wow. All around Matthew. Oh, All around. <laughs> also famously known as the guitar that Elvis played. Yeah. So. I was right. Ah, shit. He's wrong about the drop D shit. Wait. I was said drop D. And I was like, all the way through so I could just let Brad know that he was wrong. <laughs> uh, good job. You were right and wrong. That's right. Some of my it. favorite things. I'll take it. I round up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, we're going to take a very quick break and uh, we'll be right back with our second main topic. Be right back. Hello, and we are back. Although for you, it was only like one second. Half second, yeah. Half a second. <laughs> however long that stinger was. <laughs> it was so long. They had me trapped here. Hostage in Chicago. We want all the money. <laughs> okay. Now we're getting into our second topic, which may or may not be the name of this episode. But I wrote a little thing. So here we go. Cain and Abel, Mary and Anne, Anne, Bolin, Olivia and Joan Fontaine, the Andrew sisters, Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes, Puma and Adidas. Now, what do any of these names have to do with each other? Some I just mentioned are historical figures, some are famous actors or singers, some are fictional, and some are shoe-slash-clothing brands. But the thing they all have in common is rivalries, sibling rivalries to be exact, to help further explain this and tell about his favorite um, rivalry, or at least one of them, is Sir Bradley. But first, gonna throw it back to you by now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now yeah for those of you that do not know who the fuck that was that was um, it was an English rock band called Oasis already been brought up once tonight accidentally (laughs) good job yes and uh i'm assuming that that's that's who you had in mind that's who you thought oh yeah definitely the lead singers of noah gallagher's high flying circus and bdi now because they can't stand each other enough to stay in one band (laughs) so so uh, oasis is an english rock band Uh, a lot of people call it brit uh brit pop uh but they formed in manchester in 1991 Signed to an independent label, Creation Records, in 1993, releasing their debut album, maybe, excuse me, definitely maybe, in 94, and their most famous, What's the Story, Morning Glory, in 1995. Also, they kind of had a little bit of a rival band uh, that they had uh, with Blur, if anybody remembers that. Yeah, they sang song two. Yeah, they were actually all part of the whole second British invasion. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, uh, so this (laughs) the reason that Oasis gets brought up is because uh, this is a sibling rivalry uh, with Liam and Noel Gallagher. 
kind of basically the staples of Oasis. Now, oh, the British, the British, they're angry anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> one of them definitely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Liam Gallagher, currently forty-six years old, uh, kind of known for his eccentric dress style, distinctive singing style, and abrasive attitude. Uh, currently, one of the most recognizable figures in British music. Doesn't exactly have the songwriting um, experience that his brother Noel has, but but Noel is currently 52 years old, Oasis's main songwriter, lead guitarist, and co-lead vocalist. Incredibly charismatic and funny, I swear to God. Doing all this fucking research, it, whenever I'd see interviews, it sounded like he was a fucking stand-up comedian. This guy's funny. Um, <clears throat> His seems brother didn't seem to think it, so. It, no. <laughs> uh, seems to be a little bit more down to earth just from the, the research that I've done. Although he has admitted that he doesn't quite enjoy his fame. Uh, happens to be a pretty good friend of comedian Russell Brand. <laughs> so, Russell Brand. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> now that we know a little bit about the Gallagher brothers. Oh my God, he has more notes. Yes. Yes, oh my God! He actually wrote seven things. fucking pages of them hating each other. <laughs> so, I'm sure there's a lot more that's covered by uh, that, but see, seven pages is enough. Yes, yes. See, this is basically all the shit that I could find that was in the public eye. <laughs> now, God knows, there's a whole lot more shit out there than what I came up with. You know, but there are so many pubs that are very angry at the Gallagher brothers. <laughs> For destroying the place. Um, Now, I do have to give a little bit of credit to uh, RadioX.co.uk for uh, all this information. Um, I had, going into this, I had no knowledge about the details of their hatred for one another. Or if you want to say hatred. They have admitted that they love one another, but... (laughs) <laughs> they just can't. Be they together. fucking bicker <laughs> a lot. That's most families. You can you can love your family members and still dislike. I not want to go hang out with them. That's <laughs> very true. Yeah. Kind of feel like they go a little bit above and beyond that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's songs involved of them hating each other. Well, they're still in the same band. Um, there is uh, <laughs> there's some things in here that uh, I will get to shortly. But uh, there are definitely some experiences that Noel has used to write songs about. But our, our, Why did Liam sleep with my wife? <laughs> no, that There's some happen. really bad shit. Um, I don't think that happened, but, you know, <laughs> bad enough. I wouldn't put it past him, but I, know, I, I right? don't think that that's... Not that it's ever been public knowledge, to my knowledge, anyway. Um, and first, before I get get into this, um, I had... I didn't fucking... Maybe you told me, but I didn't fucking know he's going to have a fucking professional musician on here. So <laughs> now I'm fucking scared shitless that some of my information is going to be wrong, and he's going to be like, Argh. "No, no, oh no, no." But, but Fine. I can tell he's very nice. I mean, it's not like I doubt them personally. So, but um, but he is a fan of Oasis. But uh, <laughs> but do feel free to chime in. Absolutely. There's a lot of fucking shit, and I can't just read fucking seven pages. Uh, so I, I can take pictures and put them on social media. So, <laughs> so um, first thing that that kind of got brought up between them, kind of having a rivalry in the public eye, anyway. Uh, this was uh, September of '94. It says uh, Liam starts hurling insults at the band, threw a tambourine at his brother Noel. <laughs> Not the tambourine. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, that that was his. That was Liam's instrument. Was the tambourine. <laughs> Um, so Noel storms off the stage, goes missing for a few days. And with this experience, this is what brings on the song called Talk Tonight. If anybody's familiar with that, I don't know. Maybe you are, Jordan. I yeah, just, you know, a little bit. <laughs> See, I actually, the thing of this is, the reason that this tight or this topic got brought up was maybe two, three months ago, I got on an Oasis kick, and I knew that the brothers, you know, were not on good terms. We're spitballing ideas of things to talk about, topics we want to discuss. Mm -hmm. The only thing I knew about Oasis was that they didn't like each other and the What's the Story Morning Glory album. I think it's one of their more famous ones. It is. Or or most famous. Well, it's what Siri told me today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Credit to Siri. I said, uh, said, hey, Siri, what's uh, Oasis's most famous song? Well, that's Wonderwall. I kind of figured. Or or Broken Dreams. Oh, oh, that's (laughs) right. I ask mine to double check. Well, this is according to Siri. Yeah. Is, Is she ever wrong? Um, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I've heard some questions that are asked, and Siri doesn't know. <laughs> Siri doesn't Sounds a lot know. like Scotty. Yeah. Siri doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know either. Uh, anyway, let me uh, let me get going through here on some of this shit. Uh, November of '95. Oh, this was actually a very very interesting um, video to watch. This was um, an interview by John Harris entitled "Wibbling." Rivalry. I don't. I don't. Maybe that's because of how bad they bicker. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a British thing. I'm not sure. But uh, this is basically just 14 minutes of verbal mayhem by the brothers, just showing very different aspects of what they view rock stardom as. Now, this is Liam. Essentially, yeah, I can get away with shit because I'm a rock star, and all like you need to concentrate on the music. Mm-hmm. You know. So, and I'm assuming that, that doing all this research, I kind of found that Noel kind of was kind of the cooler head, but obviously they, they're both <laughs> wrong quite, <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, but uh, anyway, there was uh, more, more incidents uh, that year in 95 uh, between May and June. We call this the Cricket Bat Gate. Um, I'm, assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming, Jordan, you know what this is. Uh, fire away! I do fire away. Know this is. Okay, so while recording their uh, most famous album, "What's the Story?" Morning Glory in Wales, while Noel is in the the studio working on the album. Sorry, sorry, not to be confused with Wales, which is what Donald Trump uh, referred to. Oh Lord. <laughs> The Prince of Wales in England as. Oh, don't get me started. Uh, I'm being uh, able to speak or say words. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's stay off that topic. Um, <laughs> Far away. Regardless, um, Liam shows up with a group of people while Noel's trying to work, which. For those of you that don't know, uh, Noel, I think I read it earlier, but Noel is kind of the, the head songwriter. Yeah. So he's the one doing a lot of the work, um, especially on the pre-recording end of things. But this kind of pissed him off, so he grabbed a cricket bat. Look it up if you don't know what it is. <laughs> it's a flat bat. Yep. Um, and uh, 
Noel decided that he wanted to place that upon Liam's head. Um, so doesn't sound good. It, the bat was actually recovered by a writer and then sold later at auction. So, <laughs> of course it was. Yeah, and that is the world of music. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was used in a violent incident. Sell it. Um, this one I actually knew about. Uh, August 23rd of 1996. This is the MTV Unplugged no-show incident. Yep. Oh, dear God, that one. Um, this is actually where I kind of like, holy shit, I think I might like Noel singing better than Liam. Mm-hmm. But um, this was uh, Oasis uh, that was scheduled to perform a high-profile MTV Unplugged show. While at that the, show was still hot. At the, Yes. <laughs> uh, at the Royal Festival in London. Straight from doing other large gigs, Liam decides to pull out due to, quote-unquote, illness. Laryngitis, specifically. (laughs) Noel announces that Liam ain't going to be here with us because he's got a sore throat, so you're stuck with the ugly four. (laughs) Uh, Which, yeah, Liam probably was the nicer-looking one of them all. but uh, He didn't have the unibrow. Yeah, they do. Uh, uh, going on to play a 12-song set proving that Noel really didn't need his brother. Liam showed up to the show above the audience, drank and smoked the entire time yelling heckles at the band. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's better than when he broke Noel's guitar right in front of him. That was later on, but yeah, still we'll get to that really later. bad. <laughs> it's okay. August 27th, 1996, Liam decides that he does not want to go to America. (laughs) Once again, last minute, Liam pulls out of the U.S. tour, leaving Noel to front the band. You'd think he wouldn't have kids as many times as he pulls out. (laughs) It's actually kind of funny. That particular incident, there's, as far as I know, there was a whole court incident about that, how, um, you know, Noel was just said Liam just killed the band. That is a different, that is a different one. That, that one is a later one. Oh. Um, yeah, this one, uh, the uh, Creation Records uh, get sent out a statement. Liam ca- was called away at the last minute to sort out a personal matter. Turns out that Liam had sold his house but had nowhere for his wife to live. Yeah. Uh. He, la- he joined the band three days later, but the tour was canceled just after two weeks. That will become a... Um, Sticky. A reoccurring thing yeah. uh, quite a bit as we go along. Yeah. A lot of cancellations. As a matter of fact, I've never fucking heard as many cancellations <laughs> you as know, I have done research for these guys. Like the memes that show a boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, I love you, honey. Oh, that's great. That's great. Except for that thing you did back in 1994. <laughs> yeah. I remember. <laughs> uh, May 21st, 2000, the Barcelona incident. Oh, my God. The show in Spain was canceled after the drummer injured his arm. The rest of the band started drinking, and as the night went on, Liam questioned the legitimacy of Noel's daughter, Annis. Ouch. That's yeah. Sad. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. hitting way below the fucking belt with an anvil. Uh, um, are you sure? Or a, or a, are you sure she does not have the uh, the unibrow? <laughs> yes, because that's what set the child. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that you <laughs> Noel attacks Liam and leaving the band and the band finishing the tour without him, and that was the European uh, tour. 
October 1st of 2002, Heathen Chemistry Tour had several problems with Liam's voice. Hmm. hmm. Shit keeps happening. Sounded like he didn't want to do anything. Uh, <laughs> Spain. Uh, July in Spain, they uh, postponed a show in Florida. He left after only four songs. October 1st in Japan lasted only six songs. The year ended in a brawl in a Munich bar where Liam kicked a German police officer. Oh, no. You do not kick the Polsai! <laughs> you can't kick police. During the you, you don't want to do that. No. no. Uh, during this incident, Liam um, got a few teeth knocked out. So, uh, yeah, the remaining dates were canceled while Liam went to the dentist office. So, Which is unheard of in British culture. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, I don't not know all of them have that. Come on. <laughs> they are getting better. Um, yeah. Well, we lost, lost our British viewer or listener if we had any. No, nobody in no. England yet. Okay. <laughs> well, definitely not now. <laughs> okay, so we take a couple of South America. <laughs> we might have picked up some Aussie listeners, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to skip a few years there where they actually apparently didn't get into too many scuffles, <laughs> at least in the public eye, <laughs> at least in the public eye. June 12th, 2005, Liam had left the stage during Champagne Supernova. October of that year, Noel said of his brother, I kind of learned that instead of arguing stuff out and ending up in a fight, I work on him psychologically and he's completely freaked out by me now. He's actually frightened to death of me. I remember seeing this. <laughs> <laughs> Is this back when MTV still had news? Yeah, I remember. News oh, God, I remember yeah. this. It was like, I can play him like, a, uh, like an arcade game. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes, that would be exactly be it. Wow. And we're going to skip another few years. Hmm. <laughs> April of 2009, could this be the beginning of the end? <laughs> you could say that on any subject. That you could we... probably say this when yeah. I start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> September 29th, 94. <laughs> um, interview with Q Magazine, Noel made his notorious comment about Liam. He's the angriest man you'll ever meet. He's like a man with a fork in a world of soup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's hilarious. Oh, no. That summer was a I lot of bickering. about that. <laughs> that summer, there was a lot of bickering between them on social media. So he pretty much proved him right. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yes. Noel claiming that life would be easier without Oasis. Mm. Mm. I don't think Oasis is the problem. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's his brother. <laughs> now, I have... Now, I'm going to pause for just a second, but during all this research that I was doing, there's a lot of videos on this website, and I watched every video that they had, some with Liam, some with Noel, and it didn't appear to me, anyway, that they were leaning toward one side or the other, so it was, all these interviews were very, you know, right down the middle, you know, no prejudice toward either side, but... All the fucking research kind of indicates that Liam's kind of, you know... Angry. <laughs> he is He's like... the angriest he is man a, you'll ever meet. He is like your angry, drunken dwarf uncle. Dwarf. I'm serious. <laughs> he is angry at the world for no other reason than the fact that he was born. 
See, so <laughs> some of the better things that I found are actually not listed on this paper. This is just in videos that I caught, and you bringing up, um, you say a fucking uh, dwarf dwarfism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Liam makes fun of Noel for being little. <laughs> so. Of course he would. I, well, point. he also freaks him out by moving furniture all the time and making him af- afraid of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> because he knows he's afraid of ghosts, so he just moves stuff around to freak with him. Hasn't he ever watched Ghostbusters? I'm afraid of no ghost. <laughs> uh, July 21st of 2009, it says, Angry iTunes. <laughs> a bad-tempered Liam, imagine that, Appeared at a special free gig as part of the iTunes Festival at London's Roundhouse, to which he had a member of the audience throw a beer at Liam. He railed against, says, you students with your pointy shoes. I hope you feel as uncomfortable as I do. He briefly briefly left the stage, making it possible for Noel to turn it into playing the master plan. Noel also commented on microphone that someone's in a bad mood. <laughs> so you're, I think as we go on, you're going to see more of Noel's thing. It's kind of like just little little cheap shots and nothing too major. But And I can understand why whenever you question the legitimacy of your child. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised they lasted as long as they did, to be honest. August 23rd of 2009, the V Festival. Oasis were due to play the, I'm saying this right, Clemsford leg of the festival on Saturday, but canceled at the last minute as Liam had reportedly had laryngitis. (laughs) Noel claims that his brother was just hungover, to which Liam led to legal action against his brother, Noel eventually apologized, and the legal action was dropped. You know, I, I think the whole thing is, I, d- I don't think he suffers from laryngitis all the time. I think he suffers from athlete's foot. Because he keeps putting his foot in keeps his mouth. Keeps putting his foot in his mouth. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think he just like fits that old stereotypical rock star, where it's like, I play when I want to play, I do what I want to do. But like that's not the day and age we live in now. <laughs> but it's like that old angry I smash things, I'm just gonna party and just have fun. Yes, and I think it, this goes like I think it was like maybe the second thing that was brought up where they had a fourteen minute tirade against each other. Yeah. Where you can kinda tell that their perspectives on what rock stardom should be like is yeah. completely op- opposed from one another, but Okay, so here's the big bad date. August 28th of 2009. This is the Oasis split. While the band was preparing to go on stage at the Rock and Sign, if I'm saying that properly, Festival in Paris, Paris yeah, an argument broke out with... Rock and Sien. There you go. Yeah. Uh, with Yeah, I'm not cultured. Um, <laughs> with Liam, I either. I've just been there. <laughs> with Liam welding Noel's guitar around quote-unquote, like an axe, was the last straw. Show canceled. And so the rest of the tour, so no more tour, abruptly ended. Noel issued a statement. It is with some some sadness and great relief to tell you. Some sadness. He says, some sadness and great relief to tell you that I quit Oasis tonight. People will write and say what they like, but I simply could not go on working with Liam a day longer. 
Noel would later go on to claim that the argument started over an ad for Liam's clothing line, Pretty Green, in the festival's program. However, Noel later quoted, I had enough of Liam and Bonehead, which Bonehead is a one of the band members. <laughs> it's just a nickname, obviously. And this is true. Started arguing over a leather jacket. I am not even kidding. <laughs> I can dress it up more than this, but this is what happened. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I also feel like um, you could put Noel's uh, quote on any one of those years that happened, and it still feels like it just fit right then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to try to speed this up and get through as many of this shit as I can. November 19th of 2009, this is where BDI comes in. Liam announces that he will front a new band with the other remaining members of Oasis. February 16th of 2010, accepting a Brit Award, that is for the best British album of the past 30 years. Winner was What's the Story, Morning Glory. Liam thanked all members of Oasis except Noel. Then he decided to throw the award into the crowd. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. That's what hmm. you I think Noel might be onto something with the angriest man in the world. Yeah. Your angriest man you'll ever meet. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> and this one is quite possibly one of my favorites. July 6th of 2011, Noel Gallagher announced the release of his first self-titled album by his band the high flying birds liam's response was a tweet saying quote unquote all capitals shitbag <laughs> simple and to the point <laughs> yep august 12th of 2012 this is the olympics incident Oh, crap, I forgot about this. At closing ceremony for the London Olympics, Liam appeared with his band BDI to sing Wonderwall. With Radio X, Noel claimed that the organizers had to get his agreement. Quote, unquote, I did play it a, a bit of cat and mouse with them for a few days. I took it till Friday night at 10 o'clock before I said yes, and they were, what the fuck did I write? <laughs> ah, they were shitting it. <laughs> they were shitting it. So, and to be perfectly honest, Oasis is nowhere near as big here as they are in the rest of the world. It's, but it's amazing because they're still huge here. Well, that's the same can be said about most 80s metal bands, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Japan, yo. Uh, November 21st of 13. (laughs) Speaking to Rolling Stone magazine, Noel said of a reunion of Oasis, we are split up. You heard that, haven't you? You must have heard it. Yeah, so ergo bands split up. Band is no more. This is no band. So, no, I won't be getting involved in any way. If there's a reunion, I won't be in it. The BDI split of October 25th of 2014. I sense a pattern. You sense a pattern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Liam tweets that his solo band, BDI, have called it a day. Immediately, Oasis reunion rumors start. Speculation of a gig in Glastonbury. Glastonbury? Glastonbury, yeah. There you go. Noel said to Radio X, I'm available that weekend. It's not up to me, though, is it? Liam tweeted, BDI are no longer. Thanks for all your support. LGX. Liam Gallagher. Uh, Following comments of Liam uh, is recording a solo album with Lee Mavers of The Laws. There isn't any truth to this. Never say never. Uh, I'm going to skip this one. Um, 
July 9th of 2016, the potato incident, if anybody remembers this. Liam issues a tweet of an image of Noel with a caption, capital potato. Just out of the fucking blue. I mean, this is, you know, don't poke the bear. Uh, So anyway, um, skipping a few ahead. Noel's on Noel's 50th birthday, which is May 22nd, 2017. Liam, happy 50. Happy 50th. I don't understand. Now, maybe you guys can understand what this is. And this was multiple occasions that I ran into this. This is our kid. R-K-I-D. Is this a British thing or probably? Stay young. (laughs) Once again, nah. I just got woke up, you know, with all that stuff went on to all that stuff that went on in Manchester. I just kind of woke up and thought, you know what, I'm going there. Says Liam. Oh, you know what? Actually, it's uh, I have to think about this. It's an affectionate term for a younger sibling. Really? Okay. Uh, Yeah. It's like them saying, our kid, because, you know, the older one takes care of the younger one. Right. Yeah. Which, Liam is the younger one. <laughs> Telling the older one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's Liam. Um, I think we're kind of getting used to this. Ah, <laughs> uh, This is kind of a big one. Uh, June 5th of 2017. After the terror attacks in Manchester that left 22 people dead, Liam slates Noel for not attending the tribute concert at Old Tafford. Noel's camp responded by saying that he was out of the country and had donated proceeds from Don't Look Back in Anger to fund for the victims. Liam had two tweets uh, responding to this. Manchester, I'd like to apologize for my brother's absence last night. Very disappointing. Stay beautiful, stay safe. Also, Noel's out of the fucking country. We weren't, weren't we all, love? Get on a fucking plane and play your tunes for the kids, you sad fuck. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Just do it. To be perfectly honest, I don't really think that I have to go into any more detail about the rivalry between these guys. I don't think so. Because it's it, this is essentially just the same shit over and over and over. Yeah, they keep doing the same thing over and over. They hate each other, their family. They hate each other, their family. They hate each other. Liam is angry. However, they in my research for all this, I have noticed that they both have shown love to one another. But it's usually with some kind of backheaded compliment at the end. <laughs> and this goes for both of them. It's not just Liam. Although Liam does seem to be the one to kind of you're a pretty good singer. The instigator seems. You're a pretty good singer for an asshole. That's <laughs> <laughs> bad. Um, me, I guess if I had a preference, I would probably go with Noel, and not just because of he seems to be the one that's defending himself, so to speak. But better be glad you're not his brother saying this right now. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not too worried <laughs> about <bag>. Liam. <laughs> not too worried about Liam coming to yeah. coming here, but. Um, because being a, I use this term incredibly loosely, being a musician myself, I know that it's not, songwriting is not easy. Being a musician is not, or it doesn't come easy to me. I'm not one to play by ear. I have to memorize every damn thing that I play. And so coming up with my own stuff, it's very difficult. So I probably would lean toward Nola, or Noel, excuse me, just because I guess I identify with him more so. so. I get it. On top of that, all these interviews that I've seen that I didn't even mention tonight, um, 
This motherfucker is hilarious. I swear to God, go, audience, go and watch some of his uh, interviews, especially if you're a fan. Yep. This man is fucking hilarious. I can't say it enough. He should maybe possibly look into stand-up once his singing days are over. And therapy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to fucking go to therapy. Um, although then, I would recommend and, therapy for the two of them. but And then we see therein lies the problem. <laughs> uh, I'm not going. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll be another Twitter uh, and another tweet. Yeah. So another day. My apologies to to our audience. I didn't think that was going to be as dry as it was. <laughs> but. Well, you had to. Never know. I may put some music behind you. Know, it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know me. I, I don't do that dry shit. If it's dry, I spit on it and then get in. <laughs> so. Uh, Kat, do you wanna do you wanna do your topic? Your, well, yeah. I say topic. It's the same topic, but well, it's a, different my, focus. My my people's. All right, I'm 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 very curious as to your guys's points Please of me. interest. Go ahead, Kat. And when you want well, me to do a soundbite, just let me know. Well, I don't have any fun music. It's just more. Some of these words are in a different language, and I don't want to even try to... Hell, German. Oh, shit. I don't even want to fucking try to say oh, it. Yeah. So the hell, German. There's German. Okay, shut up. Dude. <laughs> shut the hell up. Thanks for the clue. Yeah, the Deutsch. Thanks for the clue. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> okay, well, if y'all remember when I introed Brad's little music and then his thing about Oasis, I mentioned Puma and Adidas. Now, the hell's that got to do a sibling rivalry? Oh my god, let me fucking tell you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Matt, you found a bunch of um, there's a bunch of like compilation things, little snippets. You know, that these people fought over this specific thing. You know, yeah. like two or three paragraphs, blah blah blah, and also just the Wikipedia on like what sibling rivalry is, which I can I don't have any siblings myself, but I can kind of guess based on based on things. <laughs> yeah. But one of them was or is the founders of Puma and Adidas. Now, obviously, we've all heard of those brands. Some of the people listening might not, might not Yeah, I don't think everybody's going to know Puma. Uh, it might be. I, I do. It might be a Puma. Well, I mean there's quite a few people who wear them like here, but you know. Yeah. Well, anyways, Puma Shoes, shoe brand, yeah, yeah. Athletic, I'm pretty sure they have like clothes wear. and stuff, like you know, yeah. shirts and whatever. I did as a, as a kid. I did shoes and athletic wear, pretty much. Yeah, but they're still, you know, they're both pretty well known. Adidas, you know, a little bit more. But did you guys know that the founders of Puma and Adidas, not only are they not American, they are German. I figured. <laughs> you, know, you just kept saying German like fifty thousand times. They are German and they are brothers. Well, no. they're just naturally angry. Or actually, the language is naturally angry if you listen to it. Okay, yeah, it's very gruff. I remember when we were living there for quite a while. Like, it's a very gruff language. It can sound actually very nice depending on who it comes out of, but it's <laughs> naturally gruff. It. <laughs> oh, you spent time in Germany? Yes, uh, actually, about nine years in Germany. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's a boy. So I also saw a lot of people wearing Adidas and Pumas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay wait yes okay yes okay so here's my thing yeah a river runs through it and yes i know that's like a name of a freaking movie but just hang with me okay 
brothers, Rudolph and Adolf. Yes, I know Adolf. Wow. Dassler. Well, it was, oh, okay. a, it, was a pop, it was a popular name, I assume. <laughs> no. Rudolph was born in 1898. Oh, yeah, that was before the name went bad. Oh, Rudolph? Rudolph. Not Adolf. Yeah, I meant Adolf. Adolf. Well, well yeah, Adolf. Before, thankfully before they, the name Adolf yeah, went bad. Thankfully, Rudolph they both have here. nicknames. So I'm just going to call them Addie and Rudy, which is what like they went by in their everyday lives anyways. So Rudy was born in 1898. Addie was born in 1990. 1990? Mm-hmm. You got that sound bite ready for me? Yes. 1990? No, 1900, sorry. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Time travel. <laughs> okay, so this is the name of their town according to Google Translate into German. Herzogenaurach. <sighs> yeah. I'm going to do that again. <sighs> yeah. Herzogenaurach. It doesn't so What it said. Time. What, yeah. what Google Translate lady said. So <laughs> Sounds like you're going to hawk a loogie on somebody. It does on the end. Now, the town itself, uh, you know, most people just called it Herzo. Because apparently, <laughs> because it's a hard German word. Even to the say. people living there didn't want to say the whole name. <laughs> so, I'm from there. I'm from there. <laughs> Are you gonna do a German accent the whole time I'm doing the story? No. Okay, please don't. Okay. Piques my interest. <laughs> now, Addy, um, in about when he was like a you know teenager, he was pretty into athletics and he would you know watch people doing track and all sorts of other um you know all sorts of other sports and he noticed that you know none of them had really good shoes for what they were doing like their shoes weren't helping them you know achieve you know betterments in whatever sport it was and he you know the wheels in his head were turning but where is my note on this in 19 yeah, 1918. I wrote that down. Where'd it go? My writing disappeared. <laughs> in 1918, he got drafted into the military, but he only stayed there about a year. So in 1919, he came back. Now, his mother ran a laundry, not a laundromat, but a laundry out of her home. Um, but that kind of, you know, was going a little south. And this town, the Herzo, that they lived in in 1920. Yeah, in 1920, the population was 3,500 people, or 3,500 people, I believe. 3,500 is more than 3,000. Yes. Yes. Okay. By 500. <laughs> Out of all those people, 112 of them were shoemakers. So um, it was a very popular occupation. Um, so it, it'd be like. Cobblers. Yeah, they're cobblers. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't necessarily everyone had their own, like, store. It'd be like one person would start a store and then, like, you know, people would work for them making shoes. Lots and lots of shoes. So he starts making shoes. He, um, he started making track shoes because, you know, they just didn't have any, any track shoes. It was just whatever shoes you had was just what you wore while you did sports. It didn't, there wasn't anything else. I just else. think of the... I don't know what you call them. The things you fucking dance in. Ballet shoes. Wait, tap shoes? Clogs. Clogs. clogs that's it. Yeah. Oh, that oh God, clogs? can you imagine dancing in lab? Yeah. Doing track and clogs. <laughs> <laughs> or just like hard shoes in general. <laughs> clogs. Those are Dutch, though, aren't they? Wait. I don't know. I don't know. 
Okay. <laughs> Let us know in the. I know sneakers and dress shoes. That's and sneaker. and flip flops. That's flip about flops. all. <laughs> my knowledge of shoes. So, so Addy, he turned out to be pretty pretty dang good at making shoes, and many of the athletes, I assume, in his town, started noticing. They started wanting his shoes. They were like, "Hey, I think that's going to help me do X Y Z in my sport." I think it's going to help me run faster, coach. <laughs> run fast. <laughs> want to run fast. After a couple of years, um, he got, you know, a little overwhelmed, I guess, and he asked his big brother, Rudolph, or Rudy, to, to help Rudy. him. Rudy! <laughs> wrong Rudy. They did. Shush. They did pretty well. Um, they actually had to hire 12 people to help them, and that's, you know, for as many other people that were making shoes, that's not, you know, it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the second soundbite. This is the name of their company. So, I think it called me something. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, that second word, the, the goop, I don't Gebruda. There's two words there. There's three. There's three, actually. <laughs> three. <laughs> so Dassler, obviously, is their last name. Sportschufabrik, Gebruder, Dassler. Well, I could have just had you say it instead. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Yeah, fucker. Anyways. Thanks. <laughs> Next time we need German word set, I'll make you make you do it. Anyways. Uh, uh, nine. Nine. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Anyways, Gerbuda is... Now, Gerbuda is not the, like, casual word for brother. That's a different thing. It's more of a formal way of saying brother if the information I read... At least two other places is correct. It's also not um, the name of that really shitty SNL um, parody okay. of MacGyver either. Shush, shush. Why? Oh, Why? 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 <laughs> Why? I don't know. It has, I think I just had gotten that out of my head. It has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it's just funnier that way. That's okay, all. I don't want you to. Okay, can you not mention 10 obscure things that I don't care about during mine, please? I can't oh. make any promises, but I will try. Please don't. You do that all the time. <laughs> Let her talk. <laughs> so, anyways, Gabruda it can mean not necessarily like I think, from what I understand, not necessarily blood brothers. It is also more of like a businessy type of thing. So they went with a more formal professional word brothers for their business. Professional brothers. Yeah. Um, the there's so many nicknames in this story. Geta if I'm pronouncing that right, is just the casual way that everyone, you know, talked about this company. Or if you were English and you didn't want to say all that, you just called it the Dassler Brothers. (laughs) Um, Why not? (laughs) They made a pretty good team at first. Um, Addy was more of the creative slash brains part. Like, you know, he fashioned the first few shoes he made, He you know, just fashioned out of odds and ends because this was towards the end of the World War World War One, so there you know there wasn't just boatloads of raw materials to work with. You know he kind of had to work with what he had, but he made sure everything he made was top notch, high quality. wasn't going to just fall apart on you in five minutes after you've been out in the grass. Fucking name brand shit. <laughs> Some good shit, high quality. It it ain't that store brand either. <laughs> One of the first shoes that <laughs> they made value. together was a track shoe. Um, it. I saw some pictures, and they, they look wild. They more resembled a ballet shoe with nails, not on the, obviously not at the toe, but like, um, what was the term, the foresole? I was listening um, to this podcast. It was my main main thing, but they were describing, like, the shoe. And, you know, this was to give them grip 
in the dirt so they could really pull themselves forward as they started running, really give themselves, like, you know, be able to have traction because they never had traction before. I thought kind of like spikes. I was thinking cocaine. C- cocaine. <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> so as time went on, they got more and more popular. And now I believe, from what I looked at, in the 1928 Olympics, there was, this might be wrong, but a German sprinter wore their shoes. So, you know, they're out in the public. There's, you know, thousands of people watching this. I saw one thing where it said there was a female runner and she won gold, but then in the podcast, they just named a German runner that won bronze. But either way, they won something more significant than like eighth place. And, you know, they got more in the spotlight. And I was like, hey, those are are some nice shoes there. They're like doing their job. They were only for the master race. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Shush. Okay. In 1933, Addie married a girl who was 16 years old. Yes, I know, 16 years old. So you remember, he was born in 1900, not 1990, 1900. So 1933, he's 30, well, he'd be 32, right? Yeah, 32. Turning 33. Yeah, turning 33. That was so far away Um, from me. I don't know if I spelled her name right, but the way it sounds to me is uh, C-A-D-A, Kata. Like Kata? Probably. So, him and his wife, and Rudy and his wife, whose name I don't know, they all lived in the same townhouse because they they all worked together. You know, the brothers and their employees, they all made shoes in the same place. I'm assuming the same place the mother had the laundry, I think. Um, There was no one ever mentioned that they, like, moved to a different place. So, you know, when you're living together and you're trying to have, like, a relationship here and a relationship here and a business in this other room, manage employees, you can start to get on each other's nerves. Little things start to kind of pile up, get real annoyed real fast. I'm sorry. (laughs) I still love you. Live fucking dangerously, don't you? Every night. So, um... Brave bastard. (laughs) Have you heard me this podcast? So... In I should have written this part down. When did World War I cannot say World War Two? When did 39. that start? Thirty nine. Yeah, thirty nine to forty five. What he said. Six whole years. Thirty nine to forty five. Yeah, nineteen thirty nine. Nine. Oh, I guess I. I okay. <laughs> well, I guess before it, like the war actually started, Hitler was already like rising. The power. Yeah, he was. Uh, like, he had to do a bunch of stuff before he pissed off people. Th- this was post uh, getting kicked out of art school. <laughs> yeah, I believe he was working within a lot of the uh, political parties, parties yeah. back when they were Just uh, coming right out of World War One. Yeah, a lot yeah. of fascist parties back then. <laughs> this. It was on the rise. It used to be more of a democratic one, yeah. surprisingly enough, after the whole empire. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly. So, 1933, he gets married. He was Chancellor of Germany in 33. Chancellor. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, what he said. History degree. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, he said it started at 39. This part doesn't make sense to me. I'm not sure. It's okay. You can, skip. You can skip it if it's not. Yeah, well, no, 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 I skipped no, half no, of no, mine. No, 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 no. No, I can't skip any of mine because it won't make any fucking sense. So, I guess it was later... Okay, it was later, um, the Allies 
came and bombed Herzo, the town they lived in. And this is this is a very like pivotal moments where the brothers really started like splitting apart. Rudy and his wife, they were already in a bomb shelter. Um, and then Addie and his wife, they came in a little bit later. I don't know if what, what they were doing, if they were trying to get something, but they came in later. And when they entered, Addie, Addie said, like, as they were coming in, I guess, or right as they got in, said, looks like the bastards are here again. And in another version, it it's, um, looks like the dirty bastards are here again. Take whichever one you want. So... Addie swears that he was talking about the Allies, you know, talking about the people bombing them. But Rudy, probably already pissed off about something that happened at breakfast that morning or whatever, yeah. took it as yeah, he woke up. To, to <laughs> I mean, that might do it. <laughs> to, I, don't, I don't know if it was something at breakfast, but anyways, Rudy, for some reason, took him saying that as him meaning him and his wife. Like, he was calling them bastards or dirty bastards, and I, I don't know. He must have been really already angry at his uh, at his brother. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so later, Rudy gets drafted for the military, for the Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look up these people on um, on Google or whatever, it, political under political party, it does say Nazi party. Yeah. But they were never, like, gung-ho, like, yeah, let's, you know, be evil and do all these bad Nazi things. They were just like, they lived right in this, ma- like, right in Germany, in this little town. They didn't really have a choice, you know, for when they were drafted. Like, the Nazi party was the military, and like, they had to do it. Yeah. Not, they didn't like, they weren't like, excited about it. So, <coughs> uh, uh, Rudy suspects that Adi had something to do with it. And, you know, he's very, very suspicious. So suspicious, in fact, he left his post multiple times to, like, go home and make sure he wasn't being, like, kicked out of the company. You know, he was, like, like paranoid almost. He also obviously got arrested for desertion because you can't just leave your post and then not get in trouble for it, especially if you do it multiple times for no good reason. Yeah, I think um, it's called going AWOL. Yeah. You can't just, like, leave just because you think your brother is doing something a little shady. It's like, um, you're being drafted right now. You're not supposed to go anywhere. So going back, but I'm going to go back a little bit to, okay, yeah. I'm going to go back to 1936. This I think this was uh, the Olympics again. Um, they had their shoes on a man named Jesse Owens, and he did pretty damn good. He was a uh, sprinter, I think. And he was wearing their shoes. And everyone was like, holy shit, look at those shoes. Those are amazing shoes. And, of course, Jesse was kind of like, well, I'm also, like, a star athlete. But, you know, yeah, these are cool shoes. <laughs> the sad, so, this very sad thing is he was one of the very few um, respected African Americans in that time period. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, because yeah. it was a very racist time back then. Very much, especially during that time in the German Olympics. I think it would be interesting to talk about later. There too. wouldn't be. There would be very few white people that would admit that would admit that he was black. <laughs> they were like, he just runs real fast. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him go. <laughs> Look at him. My favorite fact about him is that he is known for single-handedly crushing Hitler's myth of the Aryan supremacy. (laughs) (laughs) This is here. He, like, literally tore up the uh, track, took another lap, 
and I don't know how true this is. I didn't like really, I wasn't trying to dive deep into Jesse Owens. I was trying to focus on the brothers. But it says he took another lap and then he went up into the stands and slapped Hitler. No, that's not true. Okay. That okay. Not he true. Okay. He wouldn't shot because that took place. In that the was only glorious bastards. Yeah. That. That. Uh, that. No, uh, I don't know if it is. <laughs> I don't. Know. See that. See that. Those Olympics took place in the middle of Nazi Germany. So. Yeah. If that had happened, he would have been shot dead. Shot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was just funny as something I. Or. Or he would have been taken and you know. Just kept forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of people say that. The brothers, like their brand, the Dosser brothers, or the the other the German were uh, name for it. They would have gone global if World War Two World War Two hadn't started. Obviously, it derailed sports apparel, and as America and many other countries did, they not only had their factories that were already making military, you know, planes and bombs and all that. They went and found. You know other like production areas, so they took over the Dosser Brothers um, shoe factory, converted it into making Ponzo Shreks. I just wrote it how it sounded, but they were also called tank terrors. They were um, a lot like American bazookas hmm. um, in design, basically just like I assume the bazookas are like shoulder, like you can put them on your shoulder and take shoot. down a Panzer, baby. <laughs> destroy something so i think the ponzo shreks or tank terrors were pretty much like that and they were made in a desperate attempt to like you know take down the allies but by then even though they did cause some havoc it was you know it was too late we were already already beating them um they had not already only their, spanking that ass. <laughs> there, was, there was not only the people that had already worked for the dosser brothers um but they also had french prisoners of war as forced labor to weld all these things together yeah. So, bunch of and they just wanted to make shoes. They didn't want to make bombs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. There's a lot of companies that started out doing things that they didn't think they were going to end up doing. So, sorry, listeners. I'm leaving this party. And sorry, listeners. We are turning on the air conditioner because it's warm. You're, you're like sweating. Yeah, I am. You should really take your hat off. You're. <laughs> it's fucking hot in here. Okay, well, he this told me to turn it off, and I... Yeah, I know. Surprise, cats not suffering from humiditities. <laughs> okay. I think that's the that, first time I've heard that. I'm just impressed I'm that Sir Bradley said that without messing up. For a minute, I thought he was stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> humiditities. <laughs> so, oh, Lord. Going back to... Yeah, I say fucked up shit. Okay. This made more sense when I was writing it writing it down so i'm just gonna go and through for, so for those interested we are at rudy, an hour and 37 i'm trying to okay. oh no okay so rudy gets drafted he thinks Adi has something to do with it left his post got arrested for desertion um thinks Adi ratted him out for that even though i'm pretty sure they noticed he was gone <laughs> um when he finally got um and he was like kept he was arrested so he was kept there for a while when he finally got out of there he got picked up by the ally allies um, on suspicion of being a Gestapo agent. <laughs> I don't know how to spell that, so I just spelled it how it sounded. Um, and turns SS. out... <laughs> turns out Addy did actually rat him out for that one. Although, I don't think he actually was a Gestapo agent. Addy just didn't want him to come back home, so he was kept um, in a POW camp for some amount of time. 
Um, oh. And yes, um, in April <laughs> 1945, the 16-year-old, well, she's not 16 then, still the wife of Addie, um, basically saved the business because Allied tanks or American tanks pulled up to the you know to the factory and you know they were they didn't they didn't immediately do anything they were kind of talking amongst themselves being like okay what should we do should we blow it up should we do this that blah 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 and this brave brave young girl she walks out you know probably after freaking out for a minute I would imagine being yeah, like probably oh, you know oh my fucking god there's tanks outside <laughs> she walks out she rags walks right up to the the men and she convinced them that all they want to do is just make shoes which i believe to be true i don't think they wanted french prisoners and their seamstresses to help them make freaking ponzo tricks yeah. i don't i don't think that was something they really had on their to-do list like mm, make weapons for the military i think they just wanted to make shoes and the u.s air force actually set up i believe in Herzog. I didn't actually, like, that wasn't a specific detail, but I think it had to be pretty close because they um, noticed the shoes that they were making. So I guess they had converted back to making shoes. And they were like, hey, holy shit, those are some really nice shoes. I think I want some of those. Um, and they were like, okay. So they started getting, actually, um, oh, and they were, the Americans, they were pretty excited because they realized those were the shoes that Jesse Owens had worn. So they were like, oh, my God, those are, like, famous <laughs> so yeah, they stole them off his feet. <laughs> they, were, you know, they just got their own. Um, they actually started getting in pretty big orders um, for American sports teams. Um, all this time, Rudy was still in the POW camp. <laughs> so when he finally gets out, he's done. Addie's done. They split. Um, they literally divide the company. Um, this was uh, 15 years after the bunker incident where... Addie said, you bastards, you dirty bastards. And Rudy was like, I think you mean me and my wife. And he was like, nah, dude, I'm at the freaking bombers outside, but whatever. All this over fucking runny eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <coughs> they went on to fund, uh, not fund, well, yeah, fund, but found their um, own companies. They literally, so this town literally has a river, like, running right through the middle of it. Yeah. Like, right through the middle. I'm assuming that... I'm assuming that one brother stayed in the original building, but the other brother, instead of moving to a different town or whatever, he literally just went across the river, set up shop there. So, no, fuck you. <laughs> I'm on this side of the river. <laughs> Don't come over this river. So Addie first named his um, company Adas, but A-D-D-A-S, I believe. But that turned out to actually already be a name of a ch- uh, children's shoe company. Um, I... I'm not sure what Adas means. Maybe it means child or young or something like that. But um, so he Maybe. added the I for Adidas. One letter difference. Yeah. <laughs> One letter. Sometimes that makes a difference. Um, Rudy tried to name name his Ruda. Um, no one liked it. They were like, dude, that's not a good name. Americans aren't going to like buy freaking a shoe brand named Ruda. Like, they're not going to do that, dude. So he was like, okay, fine. Somehow he came up with Puma. So now we There's have probably a racist connotation in there. Probably. Somewhere. I mean, honestly, I'm not making a joke. I mean, honestly, the problem is. I don't know. So now we have Adidas and Puma. Brothers. Because Jesse Owens ran fast. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I think I read a quote that. that they said he was a fast motherfucker. 
<laughs> probably. Pro- probably. Probably. Probably someone said that. Someone, some dad up in the stands was like, oh, that's a fast motherfucker. Like, oh, my fucking God. Did you see him? I don't know. I, didn't, I don't think I saw him. Oh, no, he's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Those shoes, man. <laughs> so both Adidas and Puma, they started doing pretty well right away, probably because, you know, people already knew, the, you know, knew what to expect. They were like, okay, they're separated, but... We already know they make good shoes. We already know that they have pretty high standards, you know? They're not just going to make shit just to have a shoe company. So, Adidas, obviously... Let's see, where I lost my place when you did that. Sorry. So, Rudy had the salesmanship. That was kind of his role when it was the Dossler Brothers. He was, you know, he was like, Hey, buy our shoes, order our shoes, put, your, put our shoes in your house, blah, blah, blah. Put these shoes on your athlete's feet. And Adi, you know, he was really, I guess, the designer, the technical, like, okay, what is going to make this shoe better for this soccer player? Like, what do they need? So, but obviously, I'm sure by then, Ruda, or Rudy, never, Rudy knew, like, what made a good shoe. But um, Adi is the one that got more of his shoes on, like, professional athletes. Like, he really got his, his shoes out there in the world. <laughs> so, Adidas... You know, he had the lead, or they had the lead in sales over Puma. Um, they did neglect some areas as they were growing, um, such as like, uh, what was it, uh, jogging? Although the podcast I listened to jokingly said jogging. <laughs> My mic just moved oddly, sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell that was. Well, it moved and it made a, I don't know oh, how God, to somebody, make it not do that. It's a strange sounding it's fart. Just, it's just going to be here. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> I was like, I can't turn the tightening thing anymore. So, and then, what was it? The, uh, not calisthenics. That's not, uh, some other, like, some other, like, active exercise thing. Cross-training, cardio. No. Something a little more, like, like your aunt and your mom might do it, like... Aerobics. Aerobics. Oh, I think okay. it was aerobics. Oh, you should there. have said the the thing the thing that old peop, old men like to watch when well, they're feeling randy. That is absolutely <laughs> the thought that was most farthest from my mind. That thought was in outer space. You watch any movie and it shows old men watching aerobics. I'm pretty sure most of the movies I watch don't have that. <laughs> like one hundred percent sure. Anyway, seen a lot of those. <laughs> okay, well, aerobics or movies with aerobics. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, we're old so, dirty bastards. <laughs> yes, you are. So, <laughs> I guess neither of them took those two kind of things very serious. So they didn't like make shoes for those things. This is where Reebok comes in. Surprisingly enough, now a lot of you might not know that Reebok actually led in uh, sports, like athletic shoes, for quite a while. Um, they were like, "Hey, you guys aren't doing jogging and and." Uh, Aerobics, we're gonna do that. We're gonna make shoes geared towards this, and as most people <laughs> do, when somebody has well, a good idea, ten thousand other people want a piece of the pie. Yeah. Well, no, Adidas and Puma were like Adidas and Puma were just flat out not making shoes for those things. They were too at this point in time. They were still too involved in their own feud to catch on to the rise of Nike. 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 No. As how it was pronounced in Back to the Future Back, 3. Part 3. Yeah. Nikkei. Nikkei. So. Was that some sort of engine dog? One <laughs> uh, of the moccasins guys, on your feet. Guys, shut the hell up. <laughs> well, 
Of all of the Back to the Future movies to quote. I know, right? (laughs) Okay. Well, oh my god. So, if you were to like kind of rank them by sales, it'd be Nike, Adidas, and then Puma. So, the townspeople were involved in the feud too. Not like not anything violent. Like no one got hurt. But they were very much like they sided with Rudy or they sided with Addy, and they either worked for Adidas or they worked for Puma. There was no like, oh, bye, honey, I'm gonna go to my job at Puma. Okay, see you later. I'm gonna go work for Adidas. It was like no, like you married into an Adidas family, you married into a Puma family. You had Puma children, you had Adidas children. That's what they wore. That's where you were. You live on this side Sounds of the river. Sounds like political dynasty. <laughs> it was a shoe dynasty. Does it not? And there was a river right down the middle. Now that doesn't Sounds mean... like those old like Hatfield and McCoy like yeah. stories. Just but like, with yeah. shoes. And so Yeah, the only difference is we're talking about shoes where the Hatfields Hatfields and McCoys didn't wear shoes. <laughs> they had guns, so Shoes and no guns. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a little bit less dangerous. <laughs> yeah, definitely less dangerous. Um, so even today, you can still uh, spot kids like fully decked out in Puma or fully decked out in Adidas. And it's like ingrained in the DNA, DNA of these people to like look down and check out what shoes you're wearing. Like, are you an Adidas family? Are you a Puma family? And the funny thing is, in movies <coughs> and, and television shows, you get very, very big stereotypes of people who wear adidas and puma and usually it's a whole outfit from hat top pants and shoes one complete outfit either worn by mobsters <laughs> uh, i mean i'm stereotypically mobsters yeah, yeah. uh indians uh, not uh, you know from asia indians and um and uh middle easterns it's funny. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to see Puma and Adidas in film and TV, you're going to see them on those three types of stereotypes. <laughs> when actually it's this, not small town, but this town in Germany yeah. where everyone is either one or the other. <laughs> now, I've seen more recently, it's not more. It's not like, oh, I hate you because you like Puma. It's like, oh, you're wearing Puma. Playful punch on the shoulder. Let's go get a beer. You know, it's like more. I prefer New Balance and Skechers. It's, but that's, <laughs> well, it's <laughs> more of a friendly thing. Them. But you gotta imagine, like, growing up or being an adult, like having all this going on, and like, you know, yeah. like being smacked up in the middle of it, and knowing about it, and like, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, the mayor, whose name I did not get. I should have got his name. That's okay. But the mayor, mayor German guy of. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Okay, no. Um, the mayor, um, he is from a Puma family, but obviously he's the mayor. He can't just wear Puma all the time and be like, screw you, Adidas family. So at casual events, he'll wear Adidas, he'll wear Puma. and One on each foot. And, shh, dude. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> Actually, in 2009, the mayor wore one Adidas shoe and one Puma shoe. Wait, were you joking or did you know? I knew. Oh, damn it. Then why'd you say it? I'm just, I'm shitting. I had no idea. It seemed very awkward to walk in. I really had no idea. Uh, (laughs) Dude, how would I not mention that? I'm talking about Adidas and Puma. Sound like Noel Gallagher. The the (laughs) official sponsored teams, um, soccer teams for Puma and Adidas had like a friendly match. And that's where the mayor, he wore one of one brand and one of the other. Um, they should join and be Padidas. <laughs> Padidas. Oh my Padidas. God. Imagine yeah. that. I mean, all I could think of is like, man, that is a whole other way of walking in another man's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I Adidas didn't actually. Or Aduma. 
I didn't actually write it down, but um, obviously I'm gonna we're gonna leak link every website that we like got information from, mm-hmm. but um, from this podcast that I listened to three times. Show notes website. Yes, obviously. <laughs> um, they actually said that later, it, um, I guess after he was seen rubbing his Adidas foot, like it wasn't as comfortable as the Puma <laughs> shoe he was wearing, <laughs> or maybe it's because he was wearing two different shoes. I don't know. But it was just funny that they saw that. The last um, descendants, the the grandson of Rudy, Rudolf Dassler, to work for either company. Um, he worked <laughs> He worked at Puma for quite a while. But then get this, he started working for the legal department for Adidas. So he worked for both. Um, How can I screw that company over legally? Now the, <laughs> now, the article I got that information from was written in 2008, and it said he retired in January. So, I guess it was January of that year. Because that what, that's what sure. makes sense to me. Um, so, he's retired, but um, it said there's, like, a quote-unquote for him that he's still going to be, like, involved, I guess, kind of advising him. Um, and I think he has, he, he has his own, like, legal firm that's, like, not... Adidas is just him, but it's just funny he worked for both. Yeah, you know, and it's funny even to this day. Um, I forgot the there's like a name for people looking down. Like you know, you walk into a pub and it, whoever notices you looks at your shoes. Like not your face, no. not your hair, not your outfit. They look at your shoes. They're like, what are you wearing on your feet? Pedo No, 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 no. It's like, but I have a face. Look at my face. I cleaned it today. Not my shoes. <laughs> what if you walked in wearing Skechers or something? <laughs> like, oh, that must be a tourist. Like, they're something a tourist. Sketchy about them Skechers. <laughs> I don't think I like those Gucci slides they're wearing. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Now neither company is owned by anybody in the family. Um, oh yeah, they went public, so yeah, yeah shareholders. If, yeah. If I am, if I am remembering this right, I should have written this part down but i was really trying to focus more on the brothers like the rival but i believe i might have got this but i believe that adidas is owned just by a conglomerate just like a you know bunch of people involved involved and then i believe puma is owned by gucci i believe i might have that switched i'll Hmm. fact check myself and post it somewhere if i'm totally wrong swag but (laughs) no (laughs) So it's just, you know, so it started just two brothers in their mom's old laundry room, laundry business, making shoes, and it's grown into family not really having anything to do with it, and two of the biggest brands of, like, sportswear, like, ever. And biggest uh, contributors to flea markets. (laughs) And they were also Nazis, but they weren't good Nazis. They, you know, and there's not a good Nazi. No, like they didn't. No, there, no there's not one. No. <laughs> I'm not saying good. <laughs> I know. It's just a, they didn't want to be Nazis. That's yeah. just like if they didn't, they'd probably get arrested for their life. Less their, like their whole life. Um, so, so I was gonna do a uh, uh, a couple of siblings, but. I, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and, uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and just go into the psychological aspects of that. Why are they like this? You know, why do, you know, these two blood-related people, or not blood-related people, 
that live together, why do they butt heads so much? Siblings. It could include step-siblings, too. Yeah, for those that aren't really sure exactly what we've been talking about all night, a sibling rivalry is a type of competition or animosity between siblings. If you haven't got that so far, good God. (laughs) Alan's calling. Alan. Uh, the sibling bond is normally it's complicated and influenced by factors as parental treatment, birth order, personality, uh, experiences inside and outside the home, pretty much. Uh, and they're especially worse uh, with those that are so close in age. Yes. Yeah. What what causes that? <laughs> well, uh, Kyla Boyce from the University of Michigan. Uh, she's a PhD psychotherapist, and she says. Each child in a family com- uh, competes to define who it, who they are as an individual and wants to show that it is separate from all the other siblings. Uh, so they feel that they're getting, a lot of times, unequal amounts of their parents' attention, discipline, and responsiveness. Now, the big thing about these is that a lot of times these build up and create a lot of tension and hostilities as we've gotten through the stories tonight. So, I mean, it doesn't just start at... A, it starts at it, you know, as a child, and usually just kind of builds and builds and builds as they go on. I'm sure, a couple of you have experience with that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, most definitely. I mean, there's even some research that indicates that changes in the weather can increase the likelihood of children uh, exhibiting deviant behavior with each other. So it's almost like they're, you know, any little change can cause it. Good lord. I mean, can yeah. you imagine being cooped up in the winter? And- yeah, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, can you? <laughs> <laughs> There are some things that uh, parents can try to do, but, you know, the thing is, sibling rivalry, a lot of times, is inevitable. It's going to happen at some point, whether it stays permanent or not. uh, A lot of things can go into helping alleviate that. Uh, Refusing to compare or typecast the children. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a big thing. Like, comparing them, that is not very good. Do fun activities with the family. Make sure each child has enough of their own space and time. Encourage teamwork. I know this sounds kind of new agey and hippie, but I do believe there's some merit to some of this. Um, And this is an important one. A concerted effort by the parents to reduce competitiveness. Uh, However, it is, like I said, it is impossible to eliminate uh, the sibling rivalry. Um, It's it's (laughs) not just family. Go ahead. I was going to say, so you mean don't play Monopoly. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It is found not just with humans, but it's found in animals too. Religions, literature, film, and television. Um, I have a list of examples here. Um, The Andrews Sisters, which was a 50s uh, singing group, really famous. Uh, They sang the the Bugle Boy song that's really big in World War II. Uh, Liam and O'Gallagher, Madonna and her brother Christopher, the Bolin sisters, John and Jim Harbaugh, which are coaches, uh, King Richard the Lionheart and Prince John. We got fucking screwed out of that Super Bowl, man. <laughs> <laughs> Most recently, Prince William and Prince Henry of Windsor. <laughs> it's more of a friendlier yeah, one than all of those the, others. Yeah, oh, yeah, more friendly. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, wanting to kill each other. It's not like some of the royal ones where they're like actually poisoning each other. (laughs) Literally trying to kill each other. Venus and Serena Williams. Um, That one's more just when they're having to play opposite each other. Houdini and his brother Hardeen, which were, he was a budding um, magician as well. Yeah, that was a more... about um, that? That was a more friendly one. Um, The Harry, he actually 
in his will passed on all his like props and things to his brother yeah. and his brother named his uh, son Harry after him uh, I remember that Cain and Abel <laughs> if you're going to get biblical Cain. if you don't know that story even if you're not religious <laughs> what you doing <laughs> uh, now the, the, ta- the subject now, that I was going to do what? Now, what decade were they they from uh, the, the first, first one. <laughs> the first one. First uh, the topic of the, the ones, nice, by the way. Yeah, the focus that I was going to do was Cleopatra and her uh, brother Ptolemy the 13th. Ptolemy. Ptolemy, that's it. Ptolemy the 13th. Which I'm disappointed you're not going to get to do that because I love Egyptian history. That's okay. History. Pretty much Cleopatra to ascend to power. She pretty much wiped out her entire sibling uh, clan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Married him, killed him. Peyton and Eli Manning. Manning. Uh, Alec and Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> well, I forgot Cooper. Oh. Oops. Cooper Manning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Baldwin Wait. has become a born-again Christian and believes in everything that is anti-Alec Baldwin, which Alec Baldwin is a, a Scientologist. So yeah. you've got both of those. I mean, even in movies, in The Godfather, Fredo and Michael Corleone, Catherine... Uh, Mertul and Sebastian Valmont from uh, Cruel Intentions, Mufasa and Scar. I almost like did a thing on them, but then Brennan and Derek Huff from Step Brothers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh no! What about uh, Jesus and Craig? Jesus and Craig. <laughs> Jesus that? and Craig Christ. Oh yeah, oh, Jesus. Stephen Lynch. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, Gomez and Pastor Adams. Oh, yeah, it's now, that good, huh? This will blow your minds. Ron Burgundy and Wes Mantooth. Mantooth. No. Did you know that they were actually half brothers? There is a deleted scene in Anchorman that reveals that they're half brothers, and that's why they have such a big rivalry. You got a lot of fucking time on your hands. <laughs> uh, from A League of Their Own, Dottie Henson and Kit Keller. Oh, that was a good one. George and Jeb Bush. Mickey Ward and Dickie Eklund. That was a boxing pair. Mm-hmm. So great. Uh, Kevin and Buzz McAllister from the Home Alone movies. Now, like I said, this doesn't always happen in uh, children. It also happens in adults. Um, just bear in mind that you and your siblings both had completely different relationships with your parents and how you were up and brought up. So that's what leads to a lot of those. Um, I experienced none of this because I'm an only child. Yeah. Ha <laughs> It's said that adulthood turns the rivalry into... En- I didn't do it. Pour okay. me another one. <laughs> it turns rivalry into envy, which is pretty much, you know, makes sense if you think about it. Um, one of them is... Je- they're both jealous of each other in some way. And even if one stops becoming jealous, the other one's still going to hold that animosity. That's just usually how it, go- how it goes. Now, the, the, uh, the research I found, this says, if all else fails, no matter what you do to try to, you know, rebuild that bridge and all that, it says, just limit the time w- with the sibling and simply let their comments float by if you must. <laughs> Best way to end a fight is, to often, is often to refuse to engage in the first place, which pretty much means, look, you may change, but they're going to hold on to shit. <laughs> <laughs> just deal with it. Oh, I've seen that in some people. Yeah. Holding on to that I shit. Have no comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anybody who does a little bit of research on sibling rivalries, you'll read a bunch of really cool and really interesting stuff. Um, I, I, I know Jordan can probably attest to growing up, you know, there's always going to be some tension because you and your brothers are so close in ages. 
Oh, I'm the oldest. There is no referee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's on! <laughs> I'm sure they can attest otherwise. <laughs> oh, it has been a long episode. Yeah. Longer than my penis. Dude. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll refrain Please from a comment. No. I was going to fire back, but no, uh, no, no, no. I'll keep that, that one in the chamber. <laughs> uh, does anybody have any uh, final thoughts on uh, sibling rivalries? Uh, Sir Bradley. Get the fuck over it, Liam. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Thankful I didn't deal with it. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Mr. Smith? I mean... I think most of the time it grows out of long you like when you get older, but then again, the Gallagher brothers <laughs> exist. All cases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it seems to get worse. Yeah, you know it's and well, the, the sad thing is you can find it on both ends of the, spe- uh, the spectrum. I mean, you could have two brothers that are co- uh, in a family of say six or seven. You'll have two brothers that get along really well, and then there's just some dynamic that just doesn't work. And it, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the middle child or anything like that. It's just sometimes they just don't mesh. It's oil. Uh, was it? Oil and water. Oil and water. Yeah. It just doesn't mix. You can that's shake right. it up, but then it'll separate. <laughs> well, I believe that's gonna. I believe we have. Uh, beaten a dead horse uh with this uh we've gilded as much of the lily as we possibly can <laughs> so we're gonna bring this episode to a close um, it's not all we've beat <laughs> no that's later oh. <laughs> okay you know if you would write, like to reach around thank you you're welcome um you can email us at deadpanbsf at gmail.com, deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com, as well as the website deadpan-studio.com. Check out the website. I worked really hard on it. It's really cool. There's a Twitter and Facebook. There's too. also Twitter and Facebook. Please interact with them. Yes, they're both. I think you should still release your whatever you wrote for Cleopatra. I may and do brother, that. Release. I may do that on the 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 Facebook. Uh, yeah. So uh, at Deadpan Studio 18 for Facebook and Twitter. They're both the same address. Um, again, if you would like to listen to us or tell your friends where to stream us, they, there's always an option. We've got iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, as well as our main server, deadpanstudio.podbean.com. Jordan, how can we reach you and find your work one more time? Okay, well, if you're going to reach me on my photography, it's either through Instagram at the name Jortography, J-O-R-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. It's also at my website at www.jortography.com. If you want to catch my music, go to SoundCloud at the same name still, at soundcloud.com slash jortography. And you can also find me on Bandcamp. And I'm also putting up some work on Reverb Nation. So if you're a fan of that, go ahead and get there. There's some live videos that are going up there for you. So uh, go ahead and check it out. Awesome. You gotta you gotta brand yourself, man. Oh yeah. You can't have a I thousand love that different PS4 names. Just turned out. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to give a special <laughs> shout out to the Stuff You Should Know podcast. Great podcast. Um, their episode. Great on, podcast. Yeah, their episode on. Um, Adidas and Puma, the Dossler brothers, really fucking saved my life. Thank you. It was funny because I first saw the saw it on YouTube. It was you know just their name and then the sound and then the audio and then I was like trying to find the <laughs> trying to find the episode. I was like couldn't find it and then I typed it in like exactly how it was on YouTube and I found it and I was able to go back and forth and and yeah and I like it was interesting. Um, 
obviously everyone knows Cleopatra like this up to her siblings you know everyone has an idea of like bands having feuds and stuff but I had no idea that Puma and Adidas had anything to do with each other let alone that their founders were related and you know all this stuff or that they were German brands originally basically so. I didn't either, but that makes so much more interactions in Germany make more sense. Yeah, all the Adidas. Like, do they have giant stores for just Adidas and Puma? Like, there's just so many people dressed in that. I mean, yeah. you know, there's normal other dress wear, but so much Adidas. You would so think much there would be a town called Adidas or Puma in Germany. <laughs> oh, man. And with that, uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to us. As always, can, please continue to tell others about us. If you like what you hear, if you don't like what you hear, please get a hold of us. Do you have suggestions for a future podcast or ideas how we could structure things a little smoother? Then just please let Absolutely. us know. Absolutely. Let Reach us know. Out. Tell us good or bad. We'll yeah. take it. And if you're going to you know, get our attention, do it nicely. <laughs> yeah. Gonna grab us, doing nicely. Yeah. You can use Google for spell check. That's what I do. <laughs> and with that, um, thank you, Jordan, for joining us. Uh, I'd love to have you on again. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I hope you had a good time. Thank you, Jordan. I did. Thank you very much. And with that, uh, all of us for here at uh, BSF. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. Sir Bradley. I'm Cat. And you are Jordan. I'm Jordan. He's <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> I think they know that. I hope so. All right. Well, we'll see y'all later. Y'all take care. Bye. Bye.